Well, thank you, Kyle and Sam, for the warm welcome. It's lovely to be back here with you in Carrick Fergus. Thank you to your missions committee for all their hard work. I've been following you on social media, uh, and it's great to see uh, the prayer sheet for the month, encouraging prayer for all the missionaries you're interested in. Um, my name is Mervyn Scott. You know, as you've heard, I serve our Association of Churches as our missions director uh, in our Department of Baptist Missions based in the Baptist Centre you saw on the screen uh, and do pray for Dave. Dave has to see my ugly face and work with me every day, uh, constantly knocking on his door, asking him questions about different things. Do pray for him and particularly pray for him throughout this day, but also keep on praying for him and the work that we're involved in together, which is ultimately about seeing the great commission of the Lord Jesus being lived out, whether it's Baptist missions, Baptist youth, Baptist women, our association of churches, the college, we're all ultimately doing the same thing, wanting to see the name and person of of the Lord Jesus made known on this island and across the world to the glory of God's name. I'm originally from Dublin, so I'm keeping an eye on those Ballycullen ones on the back rows, making sure they're not falling asleep. There should be some people here today who can understand me uh, better than most. Um, I'm married to Karen. Uh, we've been married for 30 years, actually, this coming July, the 25th of July. Um, and we've got four children, three adult children who are now living in England. And one, our youngest son, Josh, who's in year 11 in Lurgan College, uh, still living with us. I worked uh, with Baptist Missions and Evangelism and Church Planting in Cork for 17 years until the Lord called me into this role. Uh, back in uh, August 2014, we moved uh, from Cork to Moira. And I took up this position on the September the 1st, 2014. Uh, at that moment in time, I didn't believe I was gifted or qualified to do this job. And seven and a half years later, I can tell you that I know even more so that I'm not gifted and qualified to do this job. But you know what? A verse that's been a favorite of mine down through many years is 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, where, Paul, where God said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And we all see our weaknesses, I'm sure, day in and day out. And yet that grace of God that sustains us, that keeps us. And that's why we need your prayers uh, here uh, in Baptist Missions and throughout our churches, seeking to see God's kingdom established and extended in our world. I want to turn to God's word quickly before we go any further. And as you turn there, Psalm 145, please. On the table on the way out, uh, you will see all sorts of Baptist missions paraphernalia. Um, and please don't walk past the table. I've brought it all for you here this morning. Those of you in Dublin, particularly Ballycullen, I want you not to leave without any as well. And there's a pen, a Baptist missions pen and a Baptist missions bookmark for everyone here today. There should be enough on the table for all of you to take one each on your way out. The pen reminds you to pray. The bookmark will remind you to pray as well. And the pen... I think I maybe said this before in Carrick Fergus. When you go to use the pen and writing a check, it only writes a check for Baptist missions. Um, but uh, take a pen anyway with you and a bookmark. Um, we've also got prayer cards, and I know you've been following, particularly uh, the folks in Peru and others. Uh, over the course of the month. There are prayer cards for most of our workers, including nine prayer cards for all of our workers currently serving in Peru. Now, some of them, there's actually more workers than that in Peru, but we don't have prayer cards for them all. But the ones we do have are here. Please, everybody, take one of each and maybe use them to pray, not just during the month of March, but carry on praying day by day for our workers. Some of our new workers gone to France, I'll tell you a little about later on. Again, there's prayer cards for them. Some of our Irish workers are there as well. And the one place 
in Ireland where the orange and the green can sit and coexist side by side without any problem on that table on the back we've also got prayer cards of Andrew and Ruth Reed serving with the mission in Spain now please don't do what happens in a lot of churches we all sit around and we talk afterwards we'll do that talk that's fine but then people just walk past the table and they go home and go oh never picked that up oh I should have done that uh, please don't let that happen to you today don't leave don't leave church building this morning without a bookmark and a pen and those prayer cards and if you're not usually somebody who gets our prayer news and uh, which we send out every Friday afternoon three o'clock and uh, which again encourages me to pray for the work that we're doing together and maybe by the end of this morning you'll say I want to pray for that family or that new work or whatever it is that God lays upon your heart then please take a copy of our prayer news it can be emailed to you at 3 p.m. every Friday. Uh, we do still send it out by post as well if you really want it that way, but it's much more economical to email it to you. And you can sign up for that to receive it, or you can go online and sign up to receive it uh, and get our prayer news and be praying more informed and more intelligently about the work that God is doing through our association of churches. I've also brought a few copies of our back magazine, the Insight magazine. Some of you may receive this and get it. It only costs little literally two pounds a month or for those of you from Dublin it's two euro fifty right um, but it's not that much think of what you spend on cups of coffee every week every day maybe some of you spend more maybe on a cappuccino than two pounds a month this magazine isn't telling you what Dave Ramsey and Mervyn Scott is doing and other people. It's telling you what God is doing through our association of churches here on the island of Ireland and across the world. It's together we seek to see God's kingdom extended. Now, if that doesn't interest you, if you're not interested in what God is doing, well then, don't bother with the magazine, don't bother with prayer news, walk past the table, it doesn't matter. But actually, if you do have a concern, if you have an interest to see what God is doing in our world, and we've been praying for our world this morning, and our God is at work, then please to avail of that. And uh, Dave gives out to me that I'm very good at giving away free copies of the magazine, but nobody ever signs up to subscribe. So well, let's see if we can get a few more subscriptions from Carrick Fergus this morning. Um, now, if you haven't found Psalm 145 by now, you've got a major problem. Um, so I hope you have, and we're going to read this psalm together. Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. 
The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's just pray for a moment. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray as we meditate on it for a few moments, you would speak into our hearts and lives. And Lord, as we hear what you're doing through the work of Baptist missions across your world, we pray you'd encourage us and challenge us, Lord, to be even more committed to seeing your kingdom being extended in our world. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, over the last two years, during COVID, we face isolation and restrictions. And we may have asked ourselves the question, what has God been doing? Or how has the Lord Jesus been building his church? If we look at a situation like Ukraine and Syria, we hear of wars and rumors of wars. And we ask ourselves the question, where is God in the midst of this? What is God doing in our world today? And it's possible and it's probable for us all maybe to, to be disheartened and discouraged and to look inward and maybe think, well, and, and despair at what's going on in our world. And yet here we have a psalm that focuses our attention afresh on who God is and what God is doing in our world. The psalmist begins with personal praise. I will extol you, my God and King. We see corporate praise in verses 6 and 7. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and sing aloud of your righteousness. And at the end of the psalm, we see global praise where the psalmist says, and let all flesh or, or let all peoples or let all nations bless his holy name for how long? Forever and ever. Because God is eternal and the praise of God will last forever and ever. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Three things about God I just want us to remind us about this morning, briefly from the psalm, and then take it to what this God is doing in our world. The first thing is this, our God is a great God. Look at verse 3. The psalmist says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. His greatness is beyond measure. We will never plumb the depths of God's greatness. The psalmist sees how great God is. We've been praising and glorifying his name together this morning and singing about how great our God is. And in the midst of all that is going on in our world this morning, we need to remind ourselves of the greatness of our God. The psalmist says in verse 5, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. If you're on the book of Psalms, we read David's words, don't we? When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. We know from elsewhere in the scriptures, God that reveals himself in the Bible is self-existent. He always has been. He always will be. He's without beginning. He's without end. He's the creator and sustainer of all things. 
He's the sovereign Lord of the universe. And so David says, I will extol you, my God and King. He is the king. He is the sovereign. He is the ruler. He is the one reigning in our world today. And our great God deserves our daily praise. David writes, I will praise and bless your name daily. It also deserves our eternal praise. And I will bless your name forever and ever. Our God is a great God. And despite all that's going on in our world this morning, and maybe despite all the things that are going on in your life this morning, Remind yourself of this truth, that God is great, and he's greatly to be praised. He reigns on his throne. He's the king, and he reigns forevermore. And we will be one day in that eternal kingdom that he speaks about in verse 13. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. One day, brothers and sisters, we will be in that eternal kingdom. We will be in that eternal home. Well, there will be no more suffering. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more pain. There will be no more tears. There will be no more death. There will be no more funeral homes. Why? For the old order of things will have passed away. And yet how can a people like us, sinful as we are, ever expect to dwell with a holy God? David describes God at the end of verse 21, that all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. How is it possible that people like you and I can dwell in God's presence? How is it possible for us to have a relationship with him? Well, not only is God great, but look at verses 8 and 9, where David says, not only is God great, but he says, God is gracious. Look, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. Our God is great this morning, but our God is also a gracious God. David knew that grace of God in his life, didn't he? When he took something that wasn't his, when he tried to cover up the wrong that he'd done, then plotted the murder of the one he needed to get rid of to cover up his sin and to get on with what he wanted to do. And yet all the time God knew what David had done. And the prophet Nathan comes to David and says, you are the man. And David went on to write, didn't he, in Psalm 51, against you, you only have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight. And yet he also spoke of the God in Psalm 103 who forgives all your iniquity, who does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. And, and Kyle quoted those verses earlier from Psalm 103, as far as east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah, this morning we have a great God, but we also have a gracious God who has come in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He who was without sin, who became sin for us. As we remember in a few moments as we gather around this table, one who was born king of the Jews, yet one who was born in a stable, one who was crowned with a crown of thorns, his throne, a wooden cross, one who was beaten and mocked and spat upon. Hail, King of the Jews, they mocked him. And yet one who took the righteous wrath of his holy father, who shed his royal blood so that King David and all who lived before him, looking by faith to his coming, and us and all others who've lived after he lived and died and rose again, and look back to his coming and what he achieved upon that cross can know forgiveness of sins and peace with God and be restored into a right relationship with him. 
Oh, friends, this morning, our God is gracious. I wonder this morning, are you here? Do you know, have you tasted the graciousness and grace of God? Do you know the joy of knowing that your sins have been forgiven? Do you know the joy of knowing that heaven is your home, that Christ is your Savior, that God is your friend and your King? Our God is great and our God is gracious. And, the, and the verse 10 tells us that all your works as chiroliters shall give you thanks to you, O Lord. All your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. What is mission all about? It's ultimately us taking what we know about God and what he's done for us in Christ and bringing it to lost men and women across our world who've never heard of him, who don't know of him, who don't know of our great God, who don't know of our gracious God, and bringing this good news to them of salvation to be found in him. Because not only is our God great and gracious, but look, and we'll rattle on down very quickly uh, to verses uh, 18 and 19. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. Oh, brothers and sisters, this morning, our God is a great God. Our God is a gracious God, but our God is also a gathering God. He is gathering a people to himself from every kindred and tribe and tongue and nation. And people who call out to him today, he will hear their cry and he will save them. And only he can save them. But here's the challenge from Romans chapter 10. Familiar words to us, I'm sure. But how today will people call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? Oh, brothers and sisters, this morning, we have a great God. We have a gracious God. And we have a gathering God who is calling a people to himself. But the means that he has chosen to make his greatness and his graciousness and his glory known to our lost and dying world is through people like you and I who is called to himself, who he equips and gifts and sends us out into Carrick Fergus, to our families, to our friends, to our streets, to our neighbors, and into our world with the great news of who he is and what he has done. That's why in Baptist missions, our slogan, if you like, is proclaiming Christ, making Christ known, making the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ known in our world, and calling people not to follow us, but to follow him, calling people to come to faith in him. And as new people come to faith in him, gathering those people together in new communities of faith who worship him together. And as you'll hear in a moment, and Dave uh, was telling uh, Sam, we're seeing new churches coming into being in the next few months in our association. Why? Because God has brought people to himself. God is beginning to bring people to himself. And a flickering light for the gospel is coming on in some of those places. We're working currently in France, Ireland, Peru, and Spain. And thank you as a church for your prayers and support for Baptist missions, for all that you do, for all that you give. And for the people that you send. And so I know you've got a particular interest in the work that David and Pamela are doing on the Shankill Road. And we praise God for them. And just in, in October, uh, through the, the gift of a friend of the mission, 
uh, in Bangor in the Hamilton Road Church. Uh, David and Pamela have been joined by a young man called Sam Urie as our first church planting intern, certainly in my time uh, in Baptist Missions. And so far that's been working out very well. And also in partnership with the college, uh, he's had a second year student, Matthew Campbell, join them, or Matthew Patterson joined them as well. Um, and that's been a real encouragement and blessing to them. But thank you for your prayers. And I know David's with you by Zoom on Wednesday night. And uh, thank you for having John and Lourdes along. Uh, recently too and I want to focus in Peru for a couple of moments as well uh, this morning some of you may or may not know as a mission we've been sending missionaries to Peru for 95 years ago the first Baptist missionaries went to Peru serving in Peru since 1927 and I know as a church you've had a huge interest in the land of Peru Derek's here this morning who's been in Peru many times Uh, you've sent teams to Peru you've had a real interest in Peru and I know people have gone there in short term teams as well long term teams too Um, so thank you for all the interest and work and those a special interest in the children's home in Arequipa as well. You had John Lourdes here not so long ago. As you know, they're retiring from Baptist Missions at the end of June. Uh, John's been serving with the mission since 1984. And Lourdes is here next Saturday morning. And ladies, can I encourage you to come along 10 o'clock next Saturday morning and hear what Lourdes has to say about what God is doing in her home country in Peru. They're dying to get back to Peru. And praise God, just this last couple of days, well, last Wednesday, we were able to get flights booked for John Lourdes back to Peru. They're going on a one-way ticket because uh, they don't intend coming back for a while. Um, so pray that will all work out and uh, COVID restrictions and all the rest will be cleared out of the way to get them to Peru. You've been praying for a lot of our other workers in Peru as well. And as you can see, uh, although the Brews are retiring and people might think, oh, Baptist Missions is pulling out of Peru, we actually have more workers in Peru today than we've ever had. But the difference is they're Peruvians. God has raised up a generation of people, some of them trained through our seminary that we have there in Peru, others who've come to join in the work that we're doing. I won't detail them all this morning, but there's Elizabeth Almanza who works in the, in, in the seminary. She's the registrar. A couple of people, Raul and Anna are working at the radio station. Maritza does our administration. Uh, we've got church planting and church pastors and church planting pastors. Elisario Nesta Vargas, who you saw on, on video, um, pastoring the church in Panda Vida, overseeing other church plants in the city of Tacna, which is half a million people living in it roughly. At least it's, it's growing very rapidly towards that figure. Um, Gerson and his wife uh, Esther and uh, Richard and Fanny who were in the camp centre in Ite but are now pastoring a church in Tacna we've uh, three other pastors as well pastoring churches in the Tacna area and then we have a number of workers uh, both in the camp centre in Ite in the, in the, in the city of, of uh, uh, Moquegua and in Ilo as well and also we have Oswaldo and Gabriella Tonconi serving the Lord up in the Sierra where there's over a hundred churches that were planted by former Baptist missionaries serving in Peru still existing today still meeting together like we are this morning to worship the Lord Jesus and honor his name. And so there's a huge amount of work still going on in Peru. And in 2015, we formed, or they formed their own association of churches in Peru. And that small association is growing. They're seeking to extend the work and church plant out into other areas, both in Tacna and in other parts of South Peru as well. So there's lots going on. We have a radio station in Peru. We have a camp center in Peru. We have a seminary in Peru. And just recently, while there were no camps in 2021. Uh, Back in January of this year there were summer camps. Some of you may have seen this on social media already but we're going to watch a short video clip just giving you an insight into the work of the camps that took place back in January this year. Thank you. Understand folks but listen here's the reality. 
that you're giving your prayers, your support here from our churches here enables all of that work, those camps to take place. One lady gave a gift for one of our churches that enables some of those children who couldn't afford to go to that camp to be subsidized to attend. That's the second year that the Association of Churches themselves have organized those camps in Peru. And I think that video shows they did an absolutely excellent job. But we can pray on that the seeds sown in those camps in July would bear fruit in the hearts and lives of the boys and girls and the young people and the families who were there over those few weeks. We took a decision back in March 2020 as COVID struck, as the churches in Peru stopped meeting and therefore they had no income because they're a cash-based society. We took a decision as a mission to support more the existing pastors we were supporting and we took on three or four other pastors to support them as well. We decided to do that for three months as a step of faith, all thinking as we all did that COVID would end by the end maybe of May or June of 2020. Well, here we are in March 2022, and we're still supplying that support. But God in his faithfulness has not left us short, and he's honored that step of faith. Very briefly, let me take you to France, a land of great gospel need. There are less believers per head of population in France this morning than there are in Japan. In fact, that's true of France, Spain, and the Republic of Ireland this morning. Less than 2% of the population of those three countries uh, have evangelical believers. Letitia Anstett, a French national who trained at the Irish Baptist College, currently doing her master's there, serving in the city of Marseille. 40% of the city of Marseille are people from a Muslim background. She's reaching people from North Africa, the Middle East, the Far East, places that we can't ordinarily go to and preach the gospel. God is bringing them to our doorsteps here in Europe. Will you pray for her? Pray for her protection. Pray for the word of God that she's sowing along with her colleague Miriam and another couple on their team in Marseille. Pray that God will further what they're doing. Pray that God will bring people to himself. And imagine this for a moment, friends, in Carrickfergus. Imagine somebody from a country in North Africa, the Middle East, that we can't ordinarily go to and stand up on the street corner and preach the gospel. Imagine a person from one of those countries comes to Marseille, hears the gospel from the teacher, one of her colleagues, gets converted, gets discipled, and goes back to their home country. Who better with knowing the culture and the language and the context to bring the gospel to those people? Now, who but our great and gracious God can cause those things to happen? We sent a couple from Brannockstown and County Kildare, the first couple from the Republic of Ireland to ever serve overseas with Baptist missions. I'm rejoicing in that at one level, and then I'm also asking the question, why did it take so long? And I can see Derek nodding his head. But it's great that they've gone. They've gone to a town called Egleton, the center of France, that you've probably never heard of. I hadn't heard of it a couple of years ago. But here's what our great and gracious and gathering God's been doing. He's taking a farm and his wife from Brannockstown in County Kildare, brought them to a town not very significant in the center of France. But to that town, every academic year, 1,500 or 2,000 students come. And then Christmas time passed. On a Thursday night, on a cold night in Egleton, a girl from Iran comes to a coffee bar organized by David and Hannah in the building below their flat. And this girl from Iran, who'd never seen the copy of the Bible in her own language before, looks at the Farsi Bible on the shelf, puts her hand on it and says, can I have this? Is it possible for me to be able to read that? 
and her friend had asked Hannah Sandel could she help her with her English and Hannah invited her friend for lunch and Hannah said if you'd like to come to church before lunch and the girl said sure and the girl from a Muslim background said would it be okay if I came to church as well now friends this morning who else but our great and gracious God can take somebody from Iran studying in a little inconsequential town in France a farmer and his wife from Brannockstown that again probably some of you have never heard of bring them together in his sovereignty and his grace will you pray that that girl will come to Christ and pray for the opportunities that the sandals are having it's been lonely for them it's been difficult learning the language they've just moved into a house that's more suitable for them with a bit of a garden because they're farmers they need a bit of land and a bit of space you pray that God will give them opportunities to make Christ known in that little town of Eglaton. Some of you here this morning may be approaching retirement and wondering what to do with your leisure time. But we had a couple who approached us as a mission and said, Murphy, we're taking early retirement. We've got time on our hands. We've got juice in the tank. We don't want to just sit and vegetate. We're in a big church that doesn't need us. And so four years ago, they set off to the land of Spain. They're going back next week to a little town called Medina Sidonia. We don't name them because they've served in other very sensitive parts of the world in the past. But will you pray for our no name, our mystery couple? Pray that they go back to Spain next week. God will keep them safe. Pray that they will, he will lead them again to people in whose lives he's working and pray that that town of Medina Sidonia, like 7,000 other towns and villages in Spain, with the name and person of the Lord Jesus not known, where our God is not worshipped, that his kingdom will begin to be extended in those places. And finally, we come home to Ireland for a moment. Pray, please, for a new couple that we appointed during lockdown who are living in the town of Carrickmacross in County Monaghan, but now reaching into the town of Castle Blaney in County Monaghan where there's no known evangelical church. Friends, I'm not saying this morning where there's no Baptist church. I'm saying where there's no church at all preaching the gospel, seeking to see God's name being extended, seeking to see the name of Jesus being uplifted and honored and made known, that men and women in that town may come and know him and be found on that day in that number that no man can count from every kingdom and tribe and tongue and nation. If you remember nothing else this morning, there are 70 towns in the Republic of Ireland this morning where there's no known evangelical witness. Seven zero with a population of 5,000 or more where the name of Jesus is not known, where Christ has not been worshipped. And there are 70 such major suburbs in France and as I said sorry there are 700 such major, major suburbs in France and 7,000 in Spain our most recent recruit to Baptist Missions are a couple Cormac and Anya Walsh who have been seeking to plant a church on the north side of Dublin in a place called Ashtown there are 50,000 people living between Ashtown Cabra and Fibsborough there used to be a Baptist church in Fibsborough uh, until a number of years ago. It moved and became the Jamestown Road Church in the mid-90s. Will you pray for this young couple? Cormac's just left a good engineering job uh, to go full-time with Baptist Missions. They've got a group of 12. We talked about Furbo earlier with 14. Well, here's one smaller, Sam. A group of 12 meet uh, in a community centre in Ashtown on a Sunday morning, North City Baptist Church. They haven't formed yet, but they had to give themselves a name in order to be able to rent a space in the community center. you pray for them? They're living in an area of 12,000 people with no other evangelical church, surrounded by another 30 or so thousand people where no evangelical church exists. you pray for Cormac and Oyes Day and their young family? Pray that God would add to the number of people who are being saved. Pray that God will lead them to the people in whose lives he's working by his spirit. 
and Ballycullen ones who haven't fallen asleep yet, will you pray and commit yourself to praying to see God working in this area of North Dublin? Friends, this morning, I hope you've got a picture of what God is doing, of the needs that exist. But praise God, our great and gracious God is building a kingdom that will never end. It's made up of men and women like you and I who will be there forever. Gather around that throne to cry, worthy is the lamb who is slain. May God enable us all to give ourselves to this great work until he comes or calls us home. Thank you, Kyle.